hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey listeners, just wanted to give a big thank you and an update that I am slowing down on incoming interviews to focus on my backlog. I've really appreciated all of the interest in the podcast and all of the interviews, but with my husband deploying, I just really needed to take some time for my mental health and um, reprioritize. I'm starting to do a lot of volunteer opportunities for military and I just needed some time to kind of shift my focus. So um, for now, I'm not doing any incoming interviews. That'll probably change closer to the end of the year. But I do have episodes all the way into 2021 at this point. So I just wanted to say thank you again for everyone's support. I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone has a great week and enjoys the episode. This week's episode features Hannah Ward, the host of the Say What podcast. This was an awesome conversation, and I actually got to be featured as a guest on Hannah's podcast, which is also releasing this week. So stay tuned for that. Check social media and all of that and enjoy the episode. Hey, how's it going? It is going well. How about yourself? Uh, it is as well as it can be. Uh, you and I, before we press record, we're just talking about some wildfires. So it's yeah. good to hear that Colorado got some rain finally. We did. I hope it was enough to like at least bring it down some. I could see the mountains more today, which was very good because I'm good. Missing mountains, but <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's a meme that's like when you can't see the mountains because of the smoke, it's like Coloradans don't know where to go because west is mountains. Literally, that's literally it. I can't, you, I'm terrible with directions, but my husband is really great with them. And so he's been giving me a hard time about like, how are you getting anywhere? You can't see the mountains. Well, to my listeners, let's just hop on into it. This is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely, beautiful voice you're hearing on the other end is Hannah Ward. So Hannah, let's uh, jump into you. What's your elevator pitch, your 30,000 foot overview, who you are, what you do, etc. Yeah, well, first off, I am so honored to be on this podcast. I never really thought too much about imposter syndrome much until I moved out to Colorado and was mm-hmm. like, holy crap, I was living this my entire life. Um, and so it's just, a, it's, it's such an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you seriously so much okay. for having me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, my name is Hannah. I lived in the South all my life. I moved to Colorado about a year and a half ago with my husband. Um, we moved out here to be a part of a church plant, um, but COVID took our church. So our church ended up closing down uh, over the summer, but we still love Colorado. Colorado is our home. I never ever want to leave. Um, but I started a podcast in April. That's what I tell people I do, even though it's not my like full-time job. It seriously is my life. Um, but I, I do a bunch of admin work for a few different companies. So that's just the the work side of things, but um, I have a golden retriever who's going to be a year next month, and he's my entire world. His name is Theo, and my husband and I just adore him, Um, and yeah, I've been married for a little about a year and a half coming up, so newly married, and I, yeah, that's it. That's about it. That's who, that's who I am in a nutshell. Yeah, and uh, so you and I have not met in person, but uh, what I love about you is that you love my home state. So actually, I was born in Minnesota, moved to Colorado when I was 10, but I have a giant tattoo of the Denver skyline on my left bicep. Denver is near and dear and close to my heart. I love Colorado with every fiber of my being. However, I met my husband. He's in the military, so we moved out here. But you and I haven't met, but we have a mutual friend in common, and her name is Chelsea Blankenship Harold. Chelsea, we love you. Yes, Chelsea, we love you. We're about to hop into how great you are. Just hold on to your (laughs) for a sec, Chelsea. Um, Chelsea owns this thing called Colorado Girl Gang, and I have known Chelsea for just shy of three years. Uh, And Chelsea has this really amazing networking group 
that really helps out. It uh, doesn't matter what your affiliation is, doesn't matter if you're, uh, gen what your gender confirmation is, as long as you're women identifying, this is for you. It's for women in business, it's for networking, it's for learning about the city, it's for making friends, hanging out and all of that. And I was joking because I've only met Chelsea in person like one time, but even so, I still send everyone her way and uh, I can't recommend the Colorado Girl Gang enough. And to my listeners, I will link it in my description for anyone that lives in Colorado and would like to check it out. But uh, yeah. Chelsea is a realtor in Colorado and she is amazing. She is seriously the best. I Chelsea's like the first person that I met when I moved here and got coffee with and she, and it was just amazing. I'm so used to in the South people, um, when you find, when they find out you work at a church, they sit up all proper and say everything correctly because they think that they just have to be different around you. And I hated that so much. And so when I moved here and I just kind of expected that, expected people to treat me differently because I worked at a church and um, Chelsea didn't treat me differently at all. And I was like, oh my God, this is such a breath of fresh air. I can't even like imagine that this is my life now. And she just made me feel so comfortable and so ready to be in Colorado. Yeah. Chelsea, we love you. Being from the yeah. South, um, how, where are you from? Um, I'm from, I've lived in Georgia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So I've moved, I've lived around in a few different places, but the most recent place I've moved from was Augusta, Georgia, where the golf tournament, the Masters is. If yep. anybody mm -hmm. plays golf, knows about golf. Um, I live like right down the street from where the Augusta National is. So I lived in Augusta for about five-ish years, I think. Yeah, about five years before I moved out here. Nice. Well, welcome to Colorado. Uh, it is a beautiful state um, and I miss it very, very much. I'm very glad it rained because um, I actually, at the time of recording this, had just released a bonus episode called Dang, Both My States Are On Fire, Y'all, <laughs> because my friend uh, Sarah, who lives in the high country, I had interviewed her like three months ago. And it's, it's funny, sometimes I interview people and I, and they're great interviews, but I just never know when I want to release them. And I've been releasing some bonus episodes that are timely here and there. And this was one that I had released today. So if anyone's listening, it is August 28th, who knows when this is releasing, but um, <laughs> let's just hop into the topic at hand, um, which is of course, imposter syndrome. So uh, one of my favorite questions to ask, which resoundingly typically has the same answer as we are human. So we're always evolving and learning. Do you feel like you have it all figured out? Absolutely not. Um, I, I definitely don't think I have it all figured out. I feel like I um, used to, I definitely thought that I, sorry, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get this to the right. I definitely don't feel like I have it all figured out. Like not, not in the slightest. When I thought I'd become like an adult, like, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, oh, when I'm like married, I'm just going to know how to do all the things. I'm going to know all the answers at work correctly. I'm going to know yeah. how to file for insurance and <laughs> get, um, like get a car. I'm going to know how to buy a house. And like, you just think you just have this like switch happen, you know, or like shift to be like figuring it all out. And yeah, no, that's such a myth. That's not true at all. <laughs> no, it really isn't. And it's funny because uh, like when you're in school and you're a kid, it's like, high school is going to prepare you for college. And then for me, like I went to college and I was like not prepared for college at all. And then I got into the real world and I was like, wait a second, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. this Same. is crazy. And um, so I've been married just shy of three years. Uh, our, our, our actual like getting engaged dates coming up. And our, so is ours. Uh, when is yours? Uh, I believe it was either September 23rd or 24th. I would have to I was September 30th. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then uh, he and I, because we're, he is military, I had to get on his page too rather quickly so I could go through all right. the background checks and blah, blah, blah. So our uh, actual wedding date is October 13th, which is actually funny enough, the Navy's birthday. So it's always our excuse to not go to any function, but COVID. Nice. So I don't think there'll ever be another function. <laughs> and right. he will unfortunately be deployed this year for it. But uh, it is the, so the third anniversary is leather and I got him a really, really great leather gift. Um, I, I kind of stick on those themes. So my first year, there is a girl that's in the Colorado Girl Gang, and she uh, she's a watercolor artist. Her name is uh, Lara Russo. She's my second guest on my podcast, and she made me a watercolor Nicolas Cage from Conair, and it hangs in my guest bathroom. And it's funny because whenever anyone comes to my house, I'll be like, we won't say anything about the fact that I've got a really like funny guest bathroom, with, like <laughs> random stuff, like Richard Simmons over the toilet. We've got like yeah. Nicolas Cage like staring at you while you're peeing or 
whatever you're doing in my bathroom. And, uh, and and it's it's just it probably sits there, but uh, yeah. So he won't be here, but I'm excited nonetheless. He loved his gift, but um, yeah. When you get married, it's like no one no one prepares you for it. First of all, I mean, there's so many things you have to go through. You have to sit at the social security office if you want to change your name. Then you got to change every account known to man. And I'm still finding ones that I like no oh, stone I unturned. Still, yep. No, my bank account still is Hannah Sprinkle. My maiden name was Sprinkle. And so I was kind of sad to lose Sprinkle because it was really fun. But um, I still have like a few things that are definitely still Hannah Sprinkle just because I'm like, that was my name for 23 years. Okay. It's hard to change it all. It, it is. It is. It's hard. Um, I, I wasn't, a, I wasn't sad to lose my maiden name as my maiden name is like just as unique as, as my uh, married name is, but it's still like, it's funny because like Facebook will give you the option. Like, do you want people to be able to find you by your maiden? I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like I don't <laughs> I'm married I've been married it's fine um yeah. but yeah so they don't really tell you like what's gonna happen after college or when you get married or when you buy a house oh my gosh I was not prepared for anything when we purchased a home we've owned our home for almost a year and there's still stuff I don't know it's yeah. like it's it's really like there if, if anything college or whatever you do at after life there should be a basic class that says like here's how to do your taxes here's right? how to sew a patch on something here's, here's how to fix a flat tire like yeah like and like how to get involved in the stock market if you want right. to make some money or think things like that like it's just it'd be so great to know how to do all those things and I, yes I yes instead i know the uh, circumference of a circle like thank you right. like these are things yeah. i don't ever need but i wish i would have known those yeah. things. Um, and I wish I would have majored in life skills, but, <laughs> but it's all good. Um, yeah, I think that like, that's something that, uh, is very, uh, human is that we don't really know like what's next or what's coming or what's going on. And, and it's okay to not have those answers. And only recently I've like been okay. Like, I think like there's a machismo effect and also like wanting to know everything and have the answer for everything. And only recently I've been like, you know what, let me get back to you. Like, right. Like right. I, instead of just answering it willy nilly, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. honestly know. So let me yeah, check was, for you. I was thinking about it uh, a lot this morning about imposter syndrome and where I'm at in my life right now. And I realized that like Hannah two to three years ago was absolutely a hundred percent an imposter, like fake it till you make it pretending like I know everything type deal. And then it's since I moved to Colorado is really when I started like mm -hmm. bringing in the vocabulary. I don't know. Let yeah. me hear it. I'm not knowledgeable enough to join this conversation. Like I just started really realizing that I wasn't living authentically at all. Like no part of me is authentic. And a lot of that has to do with the culture in the South. Uh, I promise I don't hate the South, but I'll probably talk about it a lot in the way of like, it's just not a always very healthy. Um, I don't hate it though. I promise if you're from the South, I, I have family there and there's good people, but just the culture of that and in the Christian world is just mm -hmm. having to live to this like perfect standard and know everything. And especially being a Christian, like knowing the Bible back and forth. And I'm not one of those people who can just pull out a scripture at any moment. Like that's the, I'm not gifted in that area. Mm -hmm. My husband is, but I can't. And so for so long, I was just trying to act like I knew everything. I knew every Bible story. People would talk about it. I knew how to handle this and talk to these people. And, and no one just wanted to say they didn't know. And it was just a culture there of having to be this perfect person. And I just fit into that so much. Cause I was like, well, everybody else is acting like they know everything. So I guess I'm going to have to do that too, I guess. And I just, I was living that and I didn't have any freedom. God, yeah. imposter syndrome like took so much freedom from me. I was constantly striving to be the person who knew everything and what people wanted me to be that I just, I had zero freedom. And it wasn't until moving to Colorado that yeah. I really Nope. It's, it's time for me to experience some freedom and be more who I am, like be my authentic, vulnerable self speak when I know what I'm talking about or like when I'm actually educated in something. Cause obviously there are things like I am very educated about, but if I, if there's something that I'm not, I'm going to say, I don't know. I'll figure that out. Let's have this conversation after I study a little bit more. Let me read these few books. Let me yeah. see if I believe this thing because I truly have looked at both sides of the conversation and now know what I'm doing because I've put in the work, not just because that's what, I, what everybody else told me to. And so I feel like I've definitely grown in that area, but it's something you have to work towards every single day. Yeah. You know, it, there's something beautiful about being able to move, especially when it's a pinnacle move that like is so different, so vastly different from what you're used to. So like, for instance, when I moved to from Colorado to San Diego, 
like, you know, I, I would say Colorado is a very, a fairly liberal state. Like, you know, people are pretty open-minded, but like, I felt like when I moved to San Diego, like I would meet people who had never moved. And then I realized like, oh, that might've been me in my past because yeah. like you get so comfortable in what you always know and feel. So when you shake that up, like a snow globe, like you learn a lot more about yourself and you learn kind of like what, you know, drives you, you learn, you can change certain things about yourself when you move, not to say that we should ever change who we are, but you can learn a, like who you are based on moving because you have to start fresh like all oh, over absolutely. yeah I'm and like really, I, I really learned who I was mm -hmm. when I moved to Colorado because for me it was like we got me and my husband Thomas we got married and then two weeks later we moved across the country and I only knew like one family here in Colorado and that's right. it I didn't know literally anyone and so I already had a lot of changes just to make and get adjusted but it's just the people when I started getting here and realized the culture was very like, Oh, this is your thing. Cool. That's awesome. This is your thing. Cool. Awesome. Like it's very open to all people's perspectives. And, and when I realized that there wasn't just like one way you had to live, I was like, Oh, I can really be who I am. And that's when I really like realized who I was in my authentic self and wasn't trying to fit in to mm -hmm. just certain mold that I felt like I had to be when I live in the South. Yeah, yeah I definitely absolutely. think the move was such a pivotal time for me to think and figure out who I am. Yeah, I have to say that you're very lucky that you've learned this younger than some other people I know have. I know myself personally, it took me a very long time to realize that the best person, the best version of yourself to be is just be yourself. Right. And like that, like the world's not going to end if you are who you are. Like, it, like I used to shy away from certain things. Like I had boyfriends that told me I dress childish because I dress like Miss Frizzle and I like rainbows and sparkles. And I know that like now I realize that like one, my tribe is like mostly gay men and I love drag queens. And in a former life, I was probably a gay male cross-dressing more than like <laughs> that's, that's okay. And that's okay. Like I, that is who I am and I'm okay yeah. with that. And, um, and I'm, and I'm loud and I'm boisterous and I won't shut up when I know that I'm right in terms of certain opinions. And yeah. I think, um, that was like the best advice my husband ever gave me was when we moved, we PCS, which is permanent change of duty station. My husband is from Southern California. He's from uh, just outside of Orange County or in Orange County, just outside of Anaheim. So near Disneyland. And, um, his first duty station was San Diego and he couldn't even like make rub two pennies to make, you know, a paycheck at that point. Yeah. And he lived in like a squat with like five other sailors and, wow. and, uh, now he's a, he's an officer. He was enlisted, uh, for eight years prior before, um, just recently he celebrated his anniversary of that, um, commissioning. And so he's, he's been through a lot in his career and, and moved a lot and met me at, when he was stationed at Buckley Air Force Base. And I was, myself had just quit a job and was like focusing on me and then of course that's how it happened I met him and uh he was like can you just wait because I was thinking I wanted to move in 2017 beginning of 2017 I was thinking I wanted to move out of Denver because I mm -hmm. I'd gone to school in uh Greeley Colorado and then moved to Colorado uh or moved to Denver right after college and often like for with the exception of like maybe eight months didn't live in Denver and I'd gone through like some pretty hard breakups and all of my 20s and like for me, like Denver is always going to have like a very special place in my heart, but in a lot of ways I outgrew it because I just like, when you go through your entire twenties in a place and that includes like breakups and friend breakups and, oh, yeah. and failed, and failed, failed jobs and getting laid off and getting let go and moving on in life. Um, so Denver was, uh, was very hard to leave. It was like leaving a, it was like leaving a limb really. Right. And, right. and I, it was, I was really sad. I mean, I, I was so excited to move, but I was really, really, really sad. Mm -hmm. I, I was sad because I wasn't, I was, I finally had like this amazing friend group that I had like grown and cultivated and I was moving and I wouldn't know anyone. And I was going from shore side of, of my husband's duty to a uh, ship, which was a total like through a loop. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, 
it was easier to be okay with him being in the Navy when I, he wasn't on a ship that was going to deploy. And now he mm -hmm. is on a ship that's about to deploy. Yeah. Um, and, and so it was just like, it was a really hard adjustment. But the one thing that I, that I held true to was I'm, when I move, I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. And in the last year, we've had a lot of crazy things happen. We were able to buy a house. I was a marketing director of a very large, uh, uh, company. Um, I, I made a lot of really great friendships. The best thing I did was work in real estate so I could like learn and uh, learn the learn San Diego County. So it's so oftentimes people be like, how long have you lived here? I'm like, two years. They're like, oh, <laughs> like, like really? Like it's not like 10 years. But um, overall, it's been a really great growing experience. And well, our next place will be uh, Hawaii and then we own our house. So we plan to rent our house out and then come back and this is our forever home. We've wow. done a lot of work to it to make it the way we want it. And yeah, we've sure. got more we want to do with it. But overall, um, San Diego is going to be like, just like you said, you don't want to leave Colorado. San Diego will be my place that I never want to leave. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is. And it, but, but I think like, I, I feel very, I guess, I guess I should, backtrack it and say, I feel very sorry for people who are just content with, oh, I'm in the same town I went to high school in and I yeah. moved back to the same town after college or, or I didn't go to college, but I just still work in the same town that I live in. And their mindset about like, oh gosh, Denver, that's very scary. Like I, that's really far away. I'm like, it's 45 minutes. They're like, no, no, it's too far. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there's a, a lot that if you've never moved, you will never learn about yourself because you have to right. kind of move and start fresh to, to really figure out like who you are, I think. Oh, yeah. I moved around a little bit. Uh, well, about three or four times throughout my teenage years. And so every time I feel like I just learned something new and I, as a kid was pretty outgoing, but not like, I still had a lot of shyness about me. And then when I moved and I was 13, I was like, well, I better figure out how to talk to people or I'm not going to have any friends. And when you move, when you're 13 to like a new state, that's like terrifying because you're yeah. trying to be a teenager and learn middle school and just everyone's awkward and terrible at 13. So it's like, yeah. well, talk 13 year olds now are a lot different than how we were oh my gosh yeah like tiktok showed me that like man i me at 13 i these these 13 year olds you're know, looking like adults i'm like what I is like happening i know I'm, I'm thankful for our our years as 13 year olds oh yeah i just remember being like i'm gonna have to like put myself out there i mean i have no friends so i went from someone who you know stuck to her friend group and you know didn't really branch out much and just kind of did what i knew and didn't really speak up much i always said yes to what everyone else said i just kind of as a 13 year old just started to learn that and i didn't lose the being like everybody else part till i moved to colorado but i remember just having to learn and adapt every time i moved and um, I think it's actually pretty healthy. I know moving around a lot can be really tough, but I think for me, it was, it was definitely needed. Um, just to yeah, no, I think, I think, I think moving is, is, is great and you learn a lot and it's, it's, it's always just funny. Um, but I always have a saying that like middle school should just be abolished. It really should. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just feel like we should just go like, one through five sabbatical and then high school because <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> your puberty is awful. Um, so as far as like imposter syndrome, I think you've really, really touched on it in terms of like the church and like, and then the, your background and kind of being in the South with kind of this, uh, uh, I guess like cookie cutter mentality and keeping yeah. up with the Joneses and almost Stepford wives kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, and so I think we can move on to uh, success and just kind of how success is tied into imposter syndrome. So what success looks like to you might look different than what it looks like to me. So what does success look like to you and do you feel successful? Yeah, um, I would say I do feel successful, I'm, I'm, but I'm striving towards it mm -hmm. because uh, I really took a few minutes to like, or not a few minutes, a lot longer than that, to really think about like, what does success actually look like to me? And would I say right now I'm successful? And when it kind of like came down to it, I was like, I feel successful if I have a joy filled life and I am giving as generously as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And right now I definitely am living a joy filled life. Um, and I am giving generously when I can, but I still feel very, um, like I got to be cautious about how much I give because then I'll just give my entire bank account away and can't pay bills. So um, I like tried to learn that. So I do feel successful in the way of like, I now have like a joy filled life. And that's really important.
important to me. It's not about the, the, um, just like the, what's the word? Uh, material things and it's not about like what I have like to me success is a house with a yard and a dog and two kids and the perfect like quote American dream like that's not success to me success to me is a way of living a complete joyful life but it has to be being who you authentically and vulnerably really are to your core like I've learned over the past year I go to therapy I love therapy more than anything in the world and I think everyone should go to therapy but I've just learned a lot through therapy that like I value authenticity more than anything else mm -hmm. like more than anything and that's why I think I struggled so much with imposter syndrome was because I wasn't being authentic and no mm -hmm. one around me was no one around me was being authentic at all and so I'm like I don't really, why are we just always fake smiling about things and not talking about the hard stuff? Or why are we not um, saying we don't know this answer to this question and we're always just faking it and trying to fake it till you make it. And how are you actually happy when you go mm -hmm. home and you've not been who you are to your core that day? Absolutely. And, and so that for me is like really where I'm finding that I do have success is because every single day I'm striving to be who I am completely often like authenticity all the way to the point yeah. where someone's like how are you if I'm not doing good like I'm gonna say I'm not doing good mm -hmm. like the it's it's really tough and sorry to go a little bit dark here but even to the point like I had a friend the other day text me and was like hey I just had you on my mind how are you and that day um I had found out that a guy I had gone to um student ministry with when I was in high school had killed himself and usually I would just be like you know I'm good I'm you know how are you just that quick answer back but I took a second and I was like, nope, I told myself I'm going to be who I am and authentic all the time. And I'm going to answer this question honestly, like, you know, I'm today sucks. Like it's just, it really does. And uh, I feel like we, we try to not put things in other people so much or be a burden, but then how are you being your authentic self if you're not answering that question honestly, you know? And so I really feel like that's what success is to me is living your like full authentic life, being who you are unapologetically always striving to learn, like learn new things and growing and, um, and not happiness though. That's something that I think we get confused a lot because happiness for sure comes and goes, but joy is like what really stays. Like if you have joy in your heart, then you can deal with the like really good days or really bad days. So it's like a yes and no. Yes, I feel successful because I definitely fail at being authentic all the time. It's really hard to be that 24 seven, you know? Um, but it's something I'm striving towards. So for me, I, I would say, yes and no um and i'm just i'm striving towards it though i'm, I'm working on it <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it i love that answer i want to say props to you 100 one to know i'm 31 so uh the fact that i'm in therapy at 31 i've always advocated for it and i finally yeah. am i click with my my therapist shout out to justina i always make the joke when i have therapy that i talk about her more than anyone on this podcast <laughs> justina mm -hmm. she's great healthy minds california if you need a therapist um but uh that is amazing um yeah i agree with you there is such power in authenticity and being being yourself and being authentic and saying how you feel and and and, and those feelings are valid and stuff so that's an amazing answer um i love that i'm the same way i would literally give my last shirt off my back and I guess like I've noticed my love languages have kind of changed in the pandemic that like nothing brings me more joy than I make hair bows like it's kind of like my craft that I do and oh, I give them I give them away for free like my husband's like you should sell them they're really great and I I've made some money from like my friends will be like I'll pay postage but they're so cute here's $25 and I'm like it's not about the money I don't want yeah. the money what gives me joy is knowing that like I gave them to a, a service member's wife who has young daughters and yeah. they got Mickey bows and like that made them happy. And that's kind of like, it gives me joy or like donating to uh, local artists that need the money or yeah. my local bartenders in Denver when they weren't working. Like those are right. things that I've done and it, it brings me immense joy to volunteer my time and do all yeah. the things I need to be doing. So I agree with you that that is like, that is what I feel. I feel most successful when I'm giving back and I feel yeah. most successful when I'm being myself as well. And I wake up every day and you're right. Joy is so much different than saying you're just happy because you can choose to be happy. That's right. an unpopular opinion, but you can choose to be happy. Um, and uh, joy is something that you just have to have like at all times. Right. And if you have joy, you really don't need much more. Yeah. Um, 
and for me the the giving I want to touch on that a little bit more too is I have not always been that way and that's something that that I realized that is what really is successful to me because um I used to have the mindset like give an example you know there's people who are homeless on the side of the road and they have a sign and I used to like think like well if I give them money like they may go use drugs and then they're Mm -hmm. back in the system and that's not good and I don't want my money going towards drugs and then um it just really like checked me honestly it was it was the the Lord and the Holy Spirit kind of checked my heart and was like I have not asked you to give um I've asked you just to give with a with an open heart regardless of what happens and so you never know that person actually could use that money and go get groceries for that family or be able to afford a hotel for the night like it doesn't matter once it leaves your hands like I've just called you to give and to help help the people like help your people around you and so it really just checked me and I had to get out of that mindset it was really tough because that's really how I grew up just with the culture and family and and I don't want to get into politics but a lot of politics are just like you can't help people because you don't know what they're going to do with what when you give it to them but that's not our responsibility to hold like it's not our responsibility at all of what they do with that. our responsibility is to give and to help and so that's something I it really took me a while to like kind of overcome that thought and have that like change of heart because like the Lord just he calls us to give and to help and um, and so that was something that really took me a minute to get towards and realize how much joy, cause it's not about like, Oh, I did this today. And like, I don't go around like telling every, you know, body every time I do something that's like quote generous, it's just, I'm like, okay, good. This is, this is how everyone should be, you know? And, and another thing for me for success, um, I just thought about this is living cause I like, I am a Christian. And so I am constantly striving to do what I feel like the Lord has called me to do with my life. And I really feel like that also is success to me. If I feel like I'm doing what he has like called me to do or led me to do. And when I moved out here was because I moved out here to be a part of like a brand new church plant. So it was like a baby church and we had just started the church. And I really felt like that's what I was called to do. And even though it was like starting anything is really hard and starting a church is really hard. Denver is actually known for like a church graveyard is what they call it. (laughs) Um, And I now realize because I was a part of a church that is now in the graveyard. Um, But it, I mean, we couldn't predict COVID. That just was just really tough. So, um, but I remember like the really, really hard days of getting to the middle school because we were um, meeting in a middle school getting in the middle school and setting up at 6 a.m. when it's pouring snow and I'm exhausted and I'm tired and this thing didn't go right, I still had joy in my heart because I knew that this is what the Lord had asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I really felt like, okay, this is it. Like, I don't have all the answers. My husband and I moved out here without jobs. Like we didn't, we felt like that's something that we didn't need to do at the time and was to devote all of our time to the church. And so even though we did not have any money coming, coming in, um, we just are very, I'm very grateful for a savings account and for people who did give to us a little bit. We didn't have the typical nine to five job. My husband was a freelancer in the marketing world. And so he um, was able to do some of that. But even the days where I'm like, I don't know if we're going to pay our bills today. I still had joy because I was doing what the Lord called me to do. So I did still feel successful. And that's another piece to me is like, what does success look like for you? And for me, it's just following what the Lord has asked me to do. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm so glad that you're you're in Colorado. I think you're going to do some amazing things with that. And I, it sounds like you and your husband have like a really bright future on the horizon with all sorts of you know things. It's really cool to kind of I I wish I could have had that experience to like move into Colorado and have like the bright eyed bushy tail. But I instead my my dad got a job there and then I, I lived there. <laughs> but I always said you know Colorado would be my home forever and and now I'm like I like San Diego. But um, <laughs> even so, I think that's great. I mean, I think like there's so much to be said. Uh, a lot of imposter syndrome comes in and seeps in when you are not being yourself or doing what your soul is telling you to do or doing what you're called to do. Um, and I think like, uh, it's, I always say that I feel like I'm at a place of privilege because like I got laid off when I started my podcast. My podcast is something very cathartic. It's a passion project for me, but also, um, 
I get so much more joy and so much more uh, pleasure from doing what I do. So I volunteer with my city where we own our home, um, which is slightly more impoverished and, um, it, but also a very, very strong community. And I also, you know, I, I do that. I work, I sit on a director, a board of directors for an LGBTQ uh, thing that helps the center, which is great. And I've also, you know, I, I, I work on my, my husband's ship's uh, FRG, which is sleep readiness group. Um, so I do a lot of spousal support. And so for me, like I've had to like take a look at like what I want to do for a career, because obviously I've, I've flown close to the sun. I got as far as you can go, which is marketing director. You can go maybe VP of marketing or you can do CMO or, you know, chief marketing officer or whatever. But overall I, I got as far as I could go in my career. And I just felt like I'm so sick of doing others work. I would rather be doing yeah. my own work. And yeah. so a big proponent for me and something I'm finding for myself moving forward is that the piece of me that I've tried to hide for the last year of the fact that I am a military spouse, where we're seen as somewhat not so permanent, we're seen as uh, underemployed, we uh, are typically have a harder time getting gaining employment as a spouse because your husband's in the service and blah, blah, blah. I'm finding that what really drives me is making sure that my spousal community is supported. And so I don't know what that's going to look like. If I'm going to work in Hawaii, get my clearance and do marketing, or if I work for the government, or if I will move to Hawaii and work for fleet and family support, but it's something that's definitely on my mind. And I think about it yeah. quite a bit, you know, I'll always do marketing. You're marketing all the time. You're marketing a podcast, oh, you're marketing yourself, you're marketing your branding, you know, you're always marketing. But uh, for me, I think I, I, I've realized that um, it just, it doesn't bring me joy. It doesn't make me feel fulfilled. Yeah. I, I can look at all these accomplishments and it's like, nah, like, yeah. You know, I feel so much more joy when I'm just hanging out with my husband and our puppy and, yeah, for uh, sure. or, you know, my friends or, or helping out or whatever I'm doing. So I totally get that. It makes so much sense. And yeah, I don't think like success is, I think some people can tie it to monetary value, but right. I, for me, it's not a monetary thing in the slightest. Yeah. I think it used to be, I think there was a time when I thought if I made more money, then that would make me feel better. Oh, absolutely. But, oh, me too. Sure. But, but it sure. doesn't really work like that because even if I'd received the raise that I'd asked for or I'd gotten more money or whatever, like that wouldn't have made me feel good at my last position. If right. That sense. When we didn't, um, when I lived in Georgia, because the cost of living is way different in Georgia than it is in Denver. My parents has a five bedroom, four bath house and my, uh, my rent in Colorado for a 745 square foot apartment was more than their mortgage. So the cost of living is extremely different in Colorado versus Georgia. And when I lived in Georgia and had a pretty good paying job, I could pay my bills, pretty much get what I want. I realized I was so much happier and had so much more joy when I literally didn't have any money coming into my bank account. And that's when I learned, I'm like, it's just, it's not about, that's not what it's about. Obviously I would like to have money so I can give generously, but I'm still giving with what I have. So, and it's not always about money too. I give my time as well. Um, but it's just like, yeah, I realized I was more I was more, uh, had a lot more joy and was a lot happier when I didn't have any money coming in versus when I had a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't a lot. I wasn't rolling in it, but <laughs> I, I had, you know, I could pay my bills and get the things I wanted, but. Absolutely. Um, I think we have addressed the elephant in the room, which is of course imposter syndrome. So we will just say sachet away to that and we'll move on to things that we are fanatical about and unpopular opinions. Uh, I've mentioned it, I don't uh, currently, but I will just say it again. Um, I am completely fanatical currently about Charlie Hyde's Drag Bingo. It is every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, so 5 p.m. Pacific, and it would be 6 p.m. your time. And it is $7 for a ticket. You play it on Zoom. It is so much fun. There's themes. Uh, it's just a really, really great time. And I've been looking forward awesome. to it ever since I went for my friend's birthday. Um, Charlie Hyde's is a drag queen that lives in London, England, with uh, her partner, James. Ooh. They've been together a number of years. He was also on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, so he is American expat and it's just a gosh darn delight. So that is what I'm currently fanatical about. How about you? Okay. So I am fanatical about Taylor Swift and I have been a Taylor Swift fan since uh, like her debut album, Taylor Swift came out even before then, like she had a few things floating around. I've 
been a Taylor Swift fan since literally day one, and I know a lot of people can hate on her, but now are joining the fan club because of her recent album, but I'm like, I've been there since day one, guys, so we end up for the long haul. Um, I am just obsessed with all things Taylor Swift. I've only been to one of her concerts just because uh, they're expensive, but I was supposed to go to her concert this summer in California. We had this entire trip planned out to go to LA for vacation. We've been saving up. We had tickets to go to what she called Loverfest for her seventh album. Um, and then obviously COVID canceled it. So I'm very sad, but I will go whenever she has it again, hopefully. Well, now I'm going to make it happen. So whatever I can do, but I'm the person who has Taylor Swift phone case. It's coming in the mail. I <laughs> bought a like record player off Facebook market so I could play her newest album and like buy a vinyl so I could play it on that because her newest album is like an indie album. And so it um, just, I feel like it needs to be played on a record player. Like it just it has that feel, you know? And so I, I love Taylor Swift. I love how she's really become like who she feels like she is at her core within the past few years. Like she broke out of her mold and has done so much for um, the LGBTQ community, which I love that. And just, I, I just, I love Taylor. She's, she's my girl. Um, it took me a minute when I was thinking about what am I fanatical about? And I asked Thomas, I'm like, what, am, what am I? I'm like, I feel like I have a lot of things I like, but like, what am I obsessed with? And he was like, really? I'm like, oh yeah, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to her music all day, every day. That's only the thing that I'm playing. I, yeah, it's a little, it's a, it's a little much, but I, I'm obsessed. I love her. <laughs> I love, I love Taylor Swift. I I was a Fairweather fan and then uh, her 1989 album came out and I was in the middle of a breakup kind of, I, I believe that was the time yeah. of my life. And uh, I, I, that, you know, Shake It Off came out at the right time for me. Yes. And uh, then I, I had a friend that I lived in my apartment building. I used to live at Cadence, which is downtown. It's uh, outside of, it's like across the street from the Whole Foods downtown um, by Union Station. And when I was in Denver and I, I, I had a friend and she was a recruiter and her boss had bought a, a crap ton of Taylor Swift tickets for some reason and like couldn't give them away to like all the people. And she was like, I've never been to a pop concert. She was in her, she was like 36 and I was like, <laughs> she's like, do you want to go to the reputation tour? So we yes. went for, we went for free and we were in that's the nosebleeds. Amazing. That's the tour. That's the tour I went to. And I also was in the nosebleeds like, but it, and was, it was still amazing. great. Yeah. Oh. I mean like you had the little, you had the little wristband and yes. it was like, yeah thing yeah she's great she she's really great at like on the festival circuit i mean i would love to see her more intimately of course but um right. it was a whole thing and i i definitely can appreciate her and i really really um think that it's good that she's kind of broken out of that mold. I think, I think these days singers are so much, they have so much more, um, not necessarily privilege, but so much more advantage to being themselves yeah. than, than when they used to be like, be this way, do this thing. Now, now like everyone loves you, but like, I feel like um, it's great that she's able to do her own thing and her documentary just really slapped. I liked it. Oh, um, I've watched it a million times. I, cry every time it's fine I just really love her yeah. I really love the, I feel like I grew up with her like every season I went through in life she had an album for so it was just perfect yeah she's great Taylor Swift we love you you're probably not listening but that's fine <laughs> so uh unpopular opinions I always say as long as they don't hurt me aka or not systemically racist or her others um that they're fine so uh, I always use the example my husband told me I needed a new one but uh cantaloupe is trash uh so what are yours <laughs> I actually love cantaloupe so I'm slightly offended but it's fine <laughs> I'm not offended um I hate seafood like so much um I only would eat like fried um like fried uh shrimp because it tastes like chicken fingers so I hate seafood and I think Star Wars is like extremely boring I don't understand it people are obsessed with the Mandalorian that's on Disney plus like it's about season two is about to come out and I just could really care less like I really could I've only watched them because my husband is obsessed mm -hmm. and like he's literally getting a tattoo for Star Wars and he just loves it and I just don't get the hype I really don't. There's too many people, too many things, and I don't know. I just, I think it's really boring, and I hate it. So those are my two unpopular opinions. I hate seafood, and I don't think women should have to cook, but. Oh, I agree with that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I agree here. I, uh, Star Wars, for me, I do not understand it. I don't understand why it wasn't put in sequential order. 
right. that's like my yes. biggest thing. I'm like, it makes wait, no sense. it makes no sense. Yeah. Like, why'd you do this one? But, um, I will say I do have a baby Yoda plushie that I bought, um, <laughs> because my friend Diana made me, uh, I always joke that she gets, gets me into her cult shit, but she, I mean, it's, it's, I think the baby Yoda is adorable. So like that, I can, I can see the hype there, but. Oh yeah. I, baby Yoda I, is very cute. But I, I did watch, I did watch the Mandalorian. I will say that's the only Star Wars thing I've seen that I'm actually like, okay. That makes sense. Maybe I should. Uh, it's. It, I think like if you like look at it from the lens that it's like it's basically made like a spaghetti western, like uh, that. Yeah. It's just kind of not really like the typical thing. But yeah, I agree with you. Star Wars is really boring. And then uh, I will say though that I did go to Disneyland at the beginning of the year because I live very close to it. And usually they used to do this like military park hopper pass. I'm sure they still do, but you know, COVID. Uh, yeah. And I can, you can go like four years to park hop. And I rode the Rise of the Resistance, which is the brand new ride. And it was the yes. best ride I've ever ridden in my entire life, hey, even though I had good. no idea what was going on. I always get Kylo Ren and then like the girl confused. So yeah. to my listeners, I don't want to hear your opinions on Star Wars. I don't care. Right. <laughs> and I, yes, I've been to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and I'm sorry that I did not appreciate it, but it is cool. I mean, it looks like, it looks like the movies. It's really well done. Um, but I just, I agree with you. I don't really get it. Nice. <laughs> so um, what's currently making you happy in the world given the pandemic? Um, right now it's dinner with our friends. And I mean like at our house with only like probably eight people. So when I say this, I'm we're definitely taking COVID into, like we're taking all the precautions. We're not being careless, crazy. Like I want to make that clear. I'm definitely taking this seriously. But um, since the pandemic happened, we didn't see anybody for months. Mm -hmm. And then things started to open back up and they um, have obviously figured out that social distancing and masks help. And so let's start implementing that. And then you can actually go places again. Um, and so we have started having um, just people come over to our house every Saturday for dinner and just having being around people again has really just brought me so much joy because I'm a people person to my core. I'm like 98% extroverted. So I need to be around people 24 seven people recharge me rather than being by myself. I hate being alone. Um, I'm like waiting for my husband to come home now because I just hate being by myself. <laughs> I probably should work on that more in therapy. I will talk to my therapist about that this week, but I just love being with people. And so that's bringing me a lot of joy. And also the game Catan. Have you ever heard of that game? It's like really nerdy, but I'm obsessed with it. I have heard of it. I've never played it um, yeah, because I a, have ADHD, so I get very bored. Gotcha. It's a really <laughs> like, nerdy game, but um, our friend moved here back in, I think it was like May maybe, um, and he brought Catan. He loved it. And so we're like, okay, we'll try and didn't think I'd like it. And I'm literally obsessed with it. I'm actually really good at it too. And so I think that's why I like it. But um, it's a mostly three person and up player game. And so, but my husband and I have figured out a way to play it like just two players because that's how obsessed we are with it. And so we've been complaining, like we stayed up till midnight last night playing Catan. Like, <laughs> it's just making me so happy because I love board games and I love card games and puzzles. And there's just not a lot of two player stuff out there. And so the way that we figured out how to play Catan to two person is just it's really brought me a ton of joy like we've got the expansion packs and just, we've gone a little crazy with it but it's okay it's really fun it's it's definitely nerdy but it's a fun one I love that that's awesome yeah my uh my husband and I we keep saying we're gonna get into board games and stuff um I ended I ended up purchasing Pretty Pretty Princess my friend Kara owns it in Denver and then her boyfriend Jeremy and her and then my husband and I played it and uh, while well, consuming copious amounts of alcohol, of course, uh, of course. over Zoom, and uh, it was so much fun. So yeah, I love, I do, I do love that. I mean, it's so, it's it's so cool to see how people get creative and given this pandemic and stuff. And it's also funny how we have to like be like, it was super socially distant. We were wearing our masks just for a second. Okay, gosh, I know, I just and, don't, you know, because <laughs> you don't want anyone to come for you. But uh, I, I saw like a video that someone posted of that and I just thought it was really funny. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough because you got to like make sure that like whoever you're hanging out with is also being just as strict as you are and blah, blah, blah. But I'm also like my mental health is very important as well. Exactly. So if we're all being careful and my house is like as spotless as it's ever been in its entire life and we're washing your hands and we're doing all things like we can do this. And exactly. So yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And I, I wish... 
I mean, I, I actually have something similar. Like I, I do a Tuesday dinner with uh, my friends, Angela and Shelby every week. Usually it's at my house cause I have the most space, but mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's in North park. We still haven't been to Angela's house but yeah. uh, she, she usually comes to us and that's always been nice. We usually will rotate like one other spouse friend and right, right. in, but overall the core is usually me. Like last night it was my friend JC and Shelby and I, but it wasn't Tuesday. It was a Thursday and we had burgers and tater tots and it was awesome. So oh, I totally, I, I agree with you. Like I'm also an extroverted person, so I need people and that recharges me. Um, however, uh, I'm I, based on this pandemic and my husband being gone for about 40% of it. I, I definitely thought I couldn't be alone. And now I'm like, when are you deploying? <laughs> yeah. Go, <laughs> just go. But yeah. anyway, so uh, we are coming near the end of this awesome podcast. Again, thank you so much for being on it. I love to give my guests the opportunity to promote whatever they'd like. So do you have something you'd like to promote, Hannah? Yes, I would love to. And I appreciate you giving this opportunity as well. I think that's so huge. Um, but I also have a podcast. So that's how um, actually we did get connected as well was because I had our friend Chelsea on my podcast um, and it's called Say What? And it's basically where we talk about things that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Um, I come from a Christian perspective, but it's not the like typical Bible thumber Christian perspective that you would think. Um, We talk about sex a lot um, and I like to talk about how the purity culture sucks. So I talk about that a lot and how Christians get it wrong a lot of the time. And all we're really supposed to do is just love God and love people. And there's never like a clause with love people. Like it should never be love people if it's just love people. And Christians get that wrong a lot. And so I talk about that a lot of my podcasts. We mostly talk about sex. So, um, but it's really fun. And it definitely, like you said, it's your passion project. It is mine as well. I love it so much. It's really been the thing that's given me a voice because for so long I felt like I didn't have a voice and couldn't talk about anything and had to be so perfect and back in that imposter syndrome world. And um, now I've just really been able to use this podcast as a way to speak on things that I think are important, especially as women. And, um, but it's really fun. If you're, if you don't mind me saying certain words that, in, that include sex and things like that, then give it a listen. But if that makes you uncomfortable, I understand. But uh, we talk about sex a lot. It's pretty, it's, I think it's pretty much turning into that. So it's taking a new direction. I didn't realize that from the beginning, but it's definitely taking a direction that turns into a sex, but it's like a sex positive podcast. One of yeah. The, like, yeah. It, it's, I'm very yeah. much for it. And I think that women should be able to have sexual desire and should be able to have sex and that not be a bad thing. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I appreciate that. And I love that. And your podcast is super cute. It's good. I love it. Um, and I encourage my listeners to give it a listen. It is, of course, say what podcast has always all of the information, including how to get in touch with Hannah. That's going to be in the description. And to my listeners, again, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. You know the deal. You've been here. So like, subscribe, share, rate, scream into the ether, listen to Hannah's podcast, do all those things. And Hannah, again, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today on my podcast and I hope that you have a lovely rest of your day in Colorado I'm so jealous (laughs) thank you so much for having me it's been a blast and I am so excited about this podcast everybody continue to listen to please don't kick me out it's the best awesome thank you so much Hannah I will talk to you later okay sounds great Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dashofpep.com of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at p 
podcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.